1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Welcome to Food for Thought, where a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex. Identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for thought. We started from the bottom, now we bottom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tommy Pico, Indigenous American poet, editor, and i ain't got no gag reflex <laughs> i'm a joseph osmundson scientist nonfiction
2: writer wannabe otter and my party drug is Propecia.
3: <laughs> <laughs> i don't even but know what that is out. it sounds like a vitamin it's for the hair it's for the it hair
4: okay anyways i'm fran i'm a writer and an editor and a professional slider into your instagram dms Ooh, yeah you are that's-
2: Juicy.
3: And I am Dennis Norris II, and I'm a writer, reader, drinker, and I have a cousin named Propecia.
5: <laughs> oh my God! Oh,
3: Seriously? Woo! Fran,
0: do you wanna tell us what we got on the menu for this week? Of course, of course. In this episode,
4: we talk about the thoughts we'd like to perish because duh. We talk about the nuances of sex in this city and the ways in which queer people escape things. Because that's the theme of our episode: Escape. Escaping hometowns, escaping grinder conversations, and escaping our motherfucking cells. Because like that's what it's all about. Escape is just like getting away from each other. You know? Here we yes, go. Here <laughs> we go. <laughs>
5: num
4: nom nom
0: hmm i'm feeling some rumbles in my jungle i think that means it's time <laughs> to start our amuse bouche segment this week our amuse bouche is going to be a game called homonym where our esteemed murder of thoughts and i'm calling us a murder because y'all are a bunch of birds <laughs> <laughs> no, he Choose one of the following pop culture homonym adjacent figures it's kind of like Mary fuck kill but for nerds So we're going to start out kind of easy. It's going to be self-explanatory, and then we might get a little controversial, okay? Again, some soft balls. Mm
5: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Here we go. Sorry by Justin Bieber or Sorry by Beyonce. Okay. Just so, silence. So, we
2: can just put in silence. It's okay, obviously no, Beyonce. Sorry. sorry.
3: That was my know. song of the year. I still yeah. listen to it three times daily. And
2: mind you, I love Sorry by Justin Bieber. That album made me a Justin Bieber fan, which I'm coming out now as. I feel like it's, I have to come out of the closet. Okay, as Joe, like go Justin back Bieber, in. Yeah but, know <laughs> know. All right. yeah, but Beyonce, yeah. obviously. Definitely helped many gay men get over their exes.
4: <laughs>
0: Next up, right. Lee Daniels, Grace Lee Boggs, or Harper Lee? Lee Daniels for me.
3: Oh, no. That nasty (laughs) queen. (laughs) He tried tried to blacklist Monique. You do not blacklist someone who goes by one word and has an apostrophe in their name. Uh, Harper Lee all the way. I know what.
4: Monique was cursed.
2: I'm Grace Lee Boggs. She is one of my idols. She's like an Asian American woman who is a lifelong activist who like struggled alongside black liberation movements for years. And I just, for our episode today she has an amazing quote that says the most radical thing i ever did was to stay put which speaks both to our political moment where some of us are committing to staying in the states facing violence and struggling and to our episode this week which is all about escape i love her
0: here we go oh my god next up pam greer pamela anderson pam from martin pam the cooking spray Pam Greer.
4: Okay, come on, guys. Pamela Anderson is fucking phenomenal. She's so good at what she does.
5: You're basic. <laughs> Pam
3: from Martin. Okay. Pam <laughs> yeah. from motherfucking about. Martin. That's what i Yes. You know yes. BDB. So- <laughs> yes. Fr- sorry, sorry to be
4: showing
2: his basicness. Like, the most <laughs> you basic guys, answers ever.
4: Pamela Anderson has, like, the... has. She was recently in a wonderful... Um, Isn't um, she dating
0: Julian Assange? Oh my oh. God! She would
4: actually. There's, <laughs> she, there's rumor and that she still love her. There's a rumor actually. There's a great conspiracy theory out there that Pamela Anderson is actually working for the FBI and she's trying to kill Julian Assange by like this the long game,
2: which, which is dating Pamela.
5: Anderson. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that will kill
4: someone. That will. <laughs> but I that love will. Pamela Anderson. I love you. If you want to come on the show, you can. You know. I anytime. mean, her son Just...
0: though. Have you seen pictures of her son? No. Okay, no. we'll get to that oh, later. Yeah, yeah. Show notes. We'll show, show notes. In the show notes. Yeah. Put them in the show notes. <laughs> Okay, next up, Mac or Mac Demarco, Mac and cheese or Mac entire, comma
3: Reba. Reba, <laughs> Reba, clear winner. Yeah. Um, such a DBA. Mac and cheese. Oh my god! I mean, every time. Fair. Uh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and I gotta say, Mac less, right? Come on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well,
4: Reba was on every day after school, and she's calorie free. Oh yeah,
3: that show on the W. That was cute. really important. That was to me cute for my.
4: For, it was very formative, you
0: would say. Human Nature by Madonna or Human Nature by Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson.
5: Madonna! (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, I feel feel like
4: you guys... That was just one... I feel like Human Nature by Michael Jackson was like one of his, like, B-lists. Tommy just yeah. wrote this
2: list to out Fran as basic. But, like, uh, this is This is a personal... You, but you know
3: this what? This is a personal attack. Here <laughs> is where I'm gonna join Fran in his basicness. <laughs> um, and also say Human Nature by Madonna. Ugh. I'm sorry. It's everything. If it was a
4: different Michael Jackson song, I think it... Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna tell
0: you that this did not... Uh, that I don't feel conflicted about this because I think, like, okay, Human Nature by Michael Jackson is iconic. That, like, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and that was a part of the SWV mm-hmm. song. Like yeah. okay, that's mm-hmm. definitely a part of my childhood. But then also like okay, but like human nature by Madonna is also good. But I'm going to abstain from this one. Next up oh. we have. Next up we have Donna Summer, Donna Tart, Donatella Versace. Summer.
4: Okay, Donna. <laughs> Donna Summer, but Donna <laughs> Versace in a close second. Agreed. Agreed.
3: Agree, agreed. Donna Summer. Very close. I'm. I'm. Second. I'm not really here for Donna Tart. Though, like yeah. I'm just not interested. I'm in so the sorry, fucking yeah. Goldfinch. No, any book no. that's over 900 words is just. No, you don't have a good relationship I mean, with the word. 900 edit. words. I'm, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> 900 pages. It's you know. too much. It's too much. That's it's too just much. rude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rude. Daniel Craig, Ginny Craig.
2: Craig Kilborn, Craigslist, Miss Connections. See, and I'm outing myself as if I have to as a little bit of a slut because mm-hmm. I'm a misconnections mm-hmm. boy. Bitch,
3: ain't nobody surprised, but also, you really still check that? I like, was well, yes, say, that's yes. still yes. a check? Yes. That's,
4: that's still not a thing, thing anymore. Yes. No. I, you know, I honestly, I... It's no secret that Joe is the oldest one of the
3: group. I, I feel,
4: think... I can't... Oh, my God. Are you older than I went me? There. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, really? I didn't know mm-hmm. that either. Um, yeah. I'm... Oh God, I... I, yeah, I abstain from this as well. I'm not interested in anything here.
5: I'm interested in the
4: idea of Craigslist misconnections. Um, but not Daniel Craig? No, he's mm-hmm. so boring. I think he was just a, a I think he was a really so-and-so uh, reboot for James Bond. Put a mustache on him and he'd yeah. be your type. Yeah. Well, <laughs> n- true. That is true.
3: So, okay, um, I'm going to maybe surprise everyone and say that uh, maybe, like, almost 10 years ago, a family member of mine did Jenny Craig, and there was one particular Jenny Craig dessert that was really delicious they had this key lime frozen key lime pie and whenever i was home from college i would steal it and be like i really want your key lime pie and i'm in college and i'm poor so i can't buy any and i it, it was really delicious so Jenny, That's Craig.
0: what you're gonna call your booty next huh <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
3: key lime pie yes oh god yes i have food oriented tommy what's your vote
0: um i'm gonna go on to the next one. Oh. michelle obama michelle kwan black michelle williams white michelle williams I think Black Michelle Williams.
4: I'm also gonna. Well, it's hard. Michelle Obama is great. How are you supposed to pick great. between Black Michelle Williams and Michelle Obama. Like that's a really it's hard. that's a really tough for are me. You kidding me? I
3: I really <laughs> am. Yeah, I really. I mean, I like her. I'm gonna. <laughs> she a gospel singer for a reason. Okay. <laughs> um, Michelle Obama. Um. Oh, come on. Like we this, know what Dennis is. This is say. this oh, no. was really tough Sorry. because I love them both and they both have incredible mm-hmm. arms. But my hero, like. There's my like family and then my first hero that's not like a direct family member is Michelle Kwan for many, many, many reasons. Mm -hmm. And if you think that she's not a bad bitch, just look at her face before she starts every gold medal winning program she's ever done and the look that she gives the judges in the audience and it will slay you. Mm -hmm. Michelle Kwan all day, every day. Good to know. And we're gonna wrap this up with Fiona Apple,
0: Christina Applegate, Apple Juice, or a white lady screaming for a computer <laughs> part at the Apple Genius
2: Bar. Uh, Fiona Apple. Just, like, all in my white feelings.
4: I didn't grow up listening to Fiona Apple, so I'm going to have to go with Apple Juice. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this Sorry, entire... I think she's great, but she doesn't ha- I don't <laughs> have an emotional attachment to her music. I think it's... I respect what she does, but... I didn't listen to it.
3: I, I never listened to her music. But my sister did, actually. <laughs> um, but for this one, I have to say, I actually have my own quick story about a white lady screaming for her computer part at the Apple Genius Bar, which is just that <laughs> I had made my appointment. I was at the Apple store. I was talking to my representative about my issue with my iPod. And this white woman literally just walks up, pushes me out of the way, and like throws her phone in front of him and starts complaining. And I was not here for it that day. And I was like, I am sorry. You white devil get out of oh, my way. I am not. not. I, I do I did. Oh. oh, my God. I did. I did. A I was plus. not. It was like right after um one of the it was like right after the shooting in um in Charleston. And I was just well, oh. I was in a yes. state. Well, I was get out of my way. I was here first okay
4: what, what needs to be addressed about that story is that you still have an iPod <laughs> I am so like do, I didn't know people still I mean I, I, at the same time I'm not surprised but Dennis I just found
3: out about Airbnb <laughs> okay, so. I just did my first Airbnb two weeks ago it was everything I texted these boys and I was like this is the best thing ever <laughs> y'all, they, they late were late like the bitch week. welcome to 2012 <laughs> we are being so petty already I love it it's no good. <laughs> next week's Dennis, Dennis is gonna be like did y'all I'll see that movie Chicago? <laughs> it's swept at the Oscars, you guys. Oh my god, Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, speaking
5: uh. of
0: steeping ourselves in the petty, we're gonna go on to our next segment. This week, we're introducing a new one called Perish the Thought, spelled T H O T, in which we explore the myriad insufferable ways in which men are garbage fires that we have to extinguish. Who wants to go first?
2: Fran, I think you should well, leave this okay. off. You have the most.
0: I, I,
4: we started writing these on a group list, and I, I overwhelmingly had the Fran longest. Wrote a nine hundred page novel. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Um, I mean, oh gosh, one that really sticks out is like I used to date this really temperamental pastry chef um and he was great in the sack and bad everywhere else um and it of course ended very very poorly um like like fire and brimstone screaming on subway stops like trying to break up like three or four different times and it just it was so ugly um, but he had a t-shirt that I really liked and it was super comfy. And so I stole it at the end of a relationship, um, and made the mistake of like wearing it on a day that a lot of people were taking photos. This almost sounds like you should be the thought who's perished, you know? <laughs> to oh be God. fully honest. You guys, oh. okay. Well, the piece de resistance try. is, and that's, yes, how you pronounce it, piece de <laughs> resistance, um, is of that, you know, I wore the shirt. I got a lot of photos t- uh, taken of me and then one of them was posted on Instagram and he saw it, that I was still wearing the shirt that he thought he was getting back and most certainly did not. It's, to this day, one of my favorite shirts. Um, and he tweeted about me. And he's like, that when that bitch you used to fuck is still oh. wearing your t-shirt your t- on Twitter or whatever. And I was like, okay. Wait,
2: did he tag you or was it a subtweet? No, that's what, he didn't that's what tag me. It was, a, it, right? it was a subtweet. A sub-tweet? That's what they call it, yeah, okay. he yeah, He had,
4: by that point, um, blocked me on all social media, but you can just, like, open Twitter and,
0: like, another browser and and see the tweets. I feel like I would I would just identify as that
3: bitch you used to fuck. Yeah, yeah I am <laughs> yes. that bitch yeah. you used to fuck. <laughs> yes. So what? Yeah. Say,
0: Come with it. <laughs> Put
4: it on my grave. Thank you. So that's mine.
3: <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. It's maybe not so horrible, but like it was horrible to me at the time and I cried about it for like 3 weeks, which is just that like about a year and a half ago I dated this guy for maybe 2 months and it felt like it was like kind of perfect. Like he was he was cute, he was um smart and he had a really nice sized dick which is important to me <laughs> Born to Dennis. um no very important he, <laughs> he was an artist and he was actually the first white guy that i had dated in um uh maybe two years you know, or so that's a recipe for trouble and mm. i know well so he did what i felt like was the whitest shit ever so um i was i like had some drama in my life at the time and we were out to dinner on our date we were at sushi. And I was just complaining about something that felt very, like, racially problematic in a friendship of mine at the time. I was just, like, really kind of upset about it. And, like, this had happened a few times before, but his, like, white fragility set in. And I remember the moment in the conversation where I saw him kind of, like, shut down. And then when the bill came, like, I was going to pay it because he had paid for our last date. And he was like, no, 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 let's split it. And I immediately, it was like, I think, I think that means that this is, like, over. Mm-hmm. But we still spent the night together. Um... But he wouldn't fuck. And then I, like, kind of just wanted to test the waters. So when the date ended the next morning, I, like, texted him a little bit later. And I was like, hey, like, it was so great to see you, blah, blah, blah. And, like, he just ghosted on me completely. Like, nothing. And, like... The other thing that it did for me was that that was the first time where I was like, you know, Dennis, you shouldn't ghost people anymore cuz I was like a world-class ghoster. Mm-hmm. Like I would well. just ghost all the time. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but I was like that fucking like white shit where you just like walk away and you don't say anything and you don't address the person. I was like I felt like that was just real bullshit. And so I was really angry about that because I felt like I deserved um, perish that more. thought. Perish that thought. Um, Janice is like, have you heard of this thing called ghosting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was just he ghosted me. But like, it's one thing if you ghost someone after two dates. It's another thing if you've been dating for two months. Like, I just, oh, it's horrible. Like, I yeah. was like, that's like really perish shitty. that thought.
2: Well, I have. Um, Two and they're both really really quick because you you know when a man is really terrible you don't need that many words to ex- describe it. Come on, um, the first was that man who I had been dating for like two months, super into him, like we had so much in common, political, smart, um, like to read, uh, just like really liking him, um, and then. He ghosted me. And about two weeks later, we had mutual friends. So I was just like, let me just reach out. So I reached out. And he said, Yeah, let me call you. And so he calls me He's like, you know, I just really like you. And I'm not ready for anything serious. So I just, I ran away because I'm just, you know, I can't can't have a boyfriend right now. I'm just not ready to commit. Two weeks later, on Facebook, guess what he has? A BF. A boyfriend. Of course he does. Oh my God. So that's Perish That Thought, chapter one. (gasps) Chapter two is when nine months later, after not hearing from him, (gasps) Friday night at midnight, I get a text message. Hey, just seeing what's up. (sighs) It's thoughting hour. You know exactly mm, what that text message is meant to be. The thoughts come out at night.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Thank
2: you. This was before smartphones, smartphone, so I, I just had this feeling. I'm like, he just broke up with his boyfriend. Yeah. And I get home, and I go to Facebook. He had... Deleted having a boyfriend on Facebook that day.
0: Suspicions confirmed. Yup. Yep. To the left. Did I am not, not give the it, one. Did, did not give it motherfucking 24 dog.
2: hours to just let the dust settle.
0: It's Beyonce's nope. Okay, said. But
4: can I just confess something to you,
2: Joe? I, I love being the rebound so much. Like, I always enjoy I had, it. I had more principles in my 20s. If this were me now <laughs> and I just wanted to get laid, I absolutely
3: would have <laughs> yeah. done it. I mean, well, rebound sex can be, like... Like, it also would have been so vindication. Good. I would just
2: felt really good that like the entire time he was fucking that terrible other boyfriend that he was probably exactly. thinking about me. Um, and the number <laughs> two, also very short, it's that man who um, I was dating for two years, um, went away to Paris for a month for work, um, asked hmm. if we could be open. Kind of a fair enough yeah, request. Fair. Okay. Um, Wait, for
3: okay. a month?
0: Right. For a month. It's he wanted month. to be open. Damn. He's okay. traveling. Yeah, just and when then, you're out, you know. Uh, but, but the kicker is. Don't tell me no stories and don't tell me no when names. But
2: I, I mean, I said no because I wasn't interested in that. But then and, when I asked if I could come visit him for a weekend on his month-long trip to Paris, said no. <gasps> Ooh. Well, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. that well. was and that was the end of that. really. Oh, perish
0: that thought! Perish that no,
2: thought! No, thank you,
0: Tommy. I would. I mean, I could give you a laundry list of all the people who I said you're cute, and he was like, "I wish I could say the same for you." Or somebody <gasps> was like, "You should go to the gym more." You know, things like what? that. But I'm gonna spare you all same. of that because you know what, men are garbage fires. I Happened to be one as well. So the thought I'm going to have to perish is myself. (gasps) What, Twins? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Okay, so I was like 22 or 23. And like... The thing is, like, what were you doing at 22? Fran didn't know who Sade was. Like, oh my <laughs> God. Every, Every episode. Episode. I'm, episode. I'm so here
3: for it. I'm so <laughs> here for it. It was
0: like my first boyfriend in Brooklyn, and like I had suspected that he wasn't being completely honest with me and that he was maybe like fooling around, but I wasn't a fully formed person. The thing is, like, when you're paying your own rent, you know what I mean? Like, you could yeah. be convinced to think that you're grown and you're not really grown right. yet.
3: That is so true. So
0: instead of like actually asking him and confronting him about a few things or like trying to have my suspicions confirmed or being anything but a passive-aggressive Piece of shit. Uh, I was the person who went through his phone, read all of his messages, uh, read his MySpace messages because yes, it was in the MySpace days. Yep. I did. Uh, I went through his Gmail and I searched for my name so oh. I could know like all of the conversations that he'd been talking to me Ooh, about. That about Gmail. Me
2: on. Oh, that Gmail search is so dangerous.
0: Yeah, oh, and man. like the thing is, you always find what you're looking for. You do. <laughs> you do. And I did find out that he wasn't that attracted to me, and that like he just was kind of like he like he led me on for long enough they kind of felt obligated to stay together and that he was kind of seeing other people and it was just the thing is because i had gotten that information uh um, illicitly illicitly i couldn't really confront him with it and so i was just like i felt horrible i First of all, never did that again. So that was the learning curve. I yep. have never ever read anybody else's text messages. I've never read anybody else's emails. I've never been on anybody else's social media. And that was the point where I was like, okay, so you can't recover this relationship, but what you can do going forward is when you when somebody's making you feel a kind of way, right? You confront them with it. Yeah, Yeah, because I'm not a dummy. I'm not making things up and I'm not crazy. I know when someone is lying to me. I know when somebody is being shady. And I know when somebody is even just like not telling me the whole truth. And it's just like you have to say like, so are you going to tell me or now or are you going to tell me later? Right. That was that.
2: Yeah, Tommy preempted what I was going to do. I was going to make us go around and do a round where we all had to say one horrible thing about that himself. we did. Oh because let's be God. honest, we've all, I mean, we um, have all been the thought who deserved to be perished. No,
3: no, we haven't. Okay. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. kidding. I'm
0: kidding. <laughs> we, the kidding. door is right there. We have, <laughs> don't let it hit your I'm ass. The way we have met before.
5: <laughs> I've heard your stories.
4: <laughs> I really wish y'all could see the look on Dennis's face and he was like, that shit-eating grin. No, no. no
3: I'm an angel. You go first. I'm a good Christian boy. You go first. I made a fake
2: Adam for Adam profile for the same boy, actually, the one who went away to Paris. I knew he was cheating on me. I knew exactly what his type was. I made a fake Adam for Adam. He invited the fake Adam for Adam over when I was out with my friends. For all of you younger millennials, Adam for Adam is a website that we used before apps. Before apps. Right. Um, And he had the gall to text me, hey, babe, hope you're having fun out. I love you, as he was like setting up a hookup with the boy who he didn't know whose profile. But it's you know, you don't do that. And again, like you say, the into your intuition tells you right. I knew he was cheating and I didn't need the validation.
0: And the way that you feel after that happens, I remember I was it was like two in the morning, and I I, I after I just read all these emails and I just started walking around the streets, and I was like, Tommy, you are a Patsy Klein song right now. You're literally walking <laughs> yeah, right. after midnight. Yes. This feeling yes. is way worse yeah. than, than not being leaving. with him. Right. Then just leave it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I aspire to be a sexy client. So. Listen to your intuition and listen to your aunties. Listen to Joe yes. and Tommy. Your gay aunties—they,
3: right? <laughs> they really we, are.
2: It's do true. we have any boys?
3: Um, I'm going through I'm my little to, black book. my little black book of foddery. My, my little of black of foddery sins. I'm yes. like, ah!
2: girl,
4: <laughs> yes. So i yes. through my my I'm little black Evernote folder. Um, okay, I feel
2: like even keeping archival dick is a par- is a, is something to be perished for.
4: I. Oh, I don't agree with that. I feel like parrot. I feel like archival dick is totally. It's one hundred percent totally it's legit. Self,
2: it's self care.
4: It, it is it, self un- care unless
2: the archival dick feels. That it's more than what it is, exactly. Which is the danger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if
0: you have like adequately adjusted your expectations,
2: and, but what about? I mean, we all know that we have adequately adjusted our expectations, but sometimes the archival dick has not. You
0: just let mm-hmm. him, that's my problem. That's yeah, but you true. just let him know. That's true. That's why You're right. b- before I dip into archival dick, I definitely let them know beforehand. <laughs> there's going to be no two nights in a row. Uh, uh-uh. um, mm. There's not going to be an overnight. To be honest with you, Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna put your number in my phone anymore. You know what Oof. I mean? Like, I just have things where I'm just like, we can make this right. clandestine. You can email me beforehand. I'll let you know what I have when I have a free 15-minute email. 15 minute, like, email. That, that is, is so G-chat. not sexy. <laughs> okay,
4: I do that. I, I, send I- oh bro, sent iCal invites I've sent I literally. <laughs> Paris you that thought. Okay, Paris, Paris, that, that, thought. That, you. Thought. Paris that thought. It's someone that I knew really well and I was like, I know what we're setting up. I want to remember this. That would stress me out so much. And I sent him an iCal invite for our booty call. No. That's
1: real.
0: I think it's time yeah. that we move on to the meat of our conversation, will you? The thought process about THOT. T-H-O-T. And I believe Joe has the floor on this one. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury
3: Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury, because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy,
2: and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com
5: today to get a quote.
1: It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal healthcare, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Hi, guys. Katie Lowe's here. You might know me as Quinn Perkins on Scandal. I'm also the host of Katie's Crib, a podcast about all things parenthood. Katie's Crib is back with new episodes every Thursday. We have got such an awesome lineup of guests. Michelle Buteau on having twins. Katarina Scorsone on raising three children. Kat McPhee Foster on being a new mom. We'll be covering everything from discipline to mombering. Tune in. Listen to Katie's Crib on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Whitney Dow, co-host of Reparations the Big Payback. On this season, Erica Alexander and I explore the arguments for and against reparations for Black Americans.
0: Everything that has touched us in a way that profited from us and we did not owes us.
5: The attitude that most non-Blacks
1: would take, they're being shaken down for something that's not their fault.
5: All episodes of Reparations the Big Payback are available now. Listen on the Black Effect podcast network, the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your favorite shows.
2: Our main topic this week, which we call the thought process, spelled T-H-O-T, is the gay escape. We all live in New York City, and none of us are from here. Tommy is from a reservation in Southern California. Dennis is from a suburb in Ohio. Fran is from suburban Chicago, and I'm from a small logging town in Washington State. And yet, we all ended up here. And I don't just mean geographically. We're all writers, we met at a writing retreat, our work spoke to one another, and we ended up deciding to be in this room and on this podcast together. Escape isn't just geographic either. Exercise, sex, the internet, booze, and drugs. We all might use these things to escape what we might not want to face. Escape, to take a page from Tommy's book, is to get away from, or to break free from, to free oneself from confinement. It's from the old French, Échappé, from the vulgar Latin, literally, to leave a burglar with just one's cape. Escape, as a word, doesn't exist without the original confinement, the thing we're trying to get free of or escape from. The word itself comes from this image of nearly being burgled or worse. Even more, it's tied to the notion of having to leave something behind in order to get away with one's skin. Mm-hmm. The word itself implies that one never escapes with everything intact. So thoughts? I wanted to start by asking what you were trying to escape when you came to the city or to this profession we call writing and what you might have had to leave behind.
0: I was trying to escape literal death. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I mean, in no uncertain terms. When I was in high school, I had to, I could never walk the halls of my high school by myself. I was assaulted every single day. Somebody always threw something at me. Somebody threatened to kick my ass. Somebody wanted me dead. They would pass notes to me in halls in the middle, in, uh, in between classes. So I always had to walk around with my girlfriends. I always had to like walk around. Sometimes I would hold people's hands just so that like I wouldn't get assaulted. Like that was real. Oh, you mean I,
2: girlfriends like beards.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, okay. I mean, I, but they were I mean, they, but they were also my girlfriends. Friends, the thing yeah. is like I made friends with the punk girls, the riot girls, right, right, right. the queer girls, the tough girls. You know what I mean? Like they ca- they mm-hmm. held me. They made me feel safe. Like I got really into um a lot of punk shit. Like I got into uh, Heaven's to Betsy and Bikini Kill and Team Dresh and Bratmobile and S- Emily Sassy Lime and mm. Bear and Slater Kenny L7 and Hole and shit like that. Like I don't know just any rad of those. girls right. who were screaming on a mic because I wanted to scream too. And I didn't mm. I didn't have a voice back then. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I couldn't even mm-hmm. I couldn't raise my hand and talk in front. I know this might be hard for you to believe, but mm-hmm. I could not talk in front of a class. Like I could <laughs> when I I couldn't wow. raise my hand, I could never do a presentation. Like <laughs> other people's eyes on me was the worst thing because that made me feel vulnerable. What? <laughs> I knew that. I knew the thing is, I knew this person, Tommy Pico. Hey, (sighs) Teebs, you see in front of you right now. Uh Hey, Teebs, aka Tommy Boy, aka Tom Jameson. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) aka Tom Cat. Like, that was all inside of me, but I had to get the fuck out of where I was from in order to become that person. And
4: now (laughs) you will be standing at like in a line at a bagel deli and you'll be like,
0: I would like to read y'all a poem.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and it's also like,
0: bitch, you that see me so on true. TV. You see me
5: on you TV. You see me, you, you read, me read my book TV. in the bookstore. <laughs> you see it in the Barnes and Noble. And when people
0: come up to me and they're like, um, so I just want to have, I have this comment about you writing. And I'm like, look, you sell three books in three years and then you can come speak to me. About <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yes,
2: bitch. Oh, but Tommy, yes. do you feel like you had to leave? Is there a part of you that you left behind? Is there to, something you gave up?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like a part of me that I had to leave behind was the hesitant part of myself. Mm. I definitely had to leave behind. There's a li- there's a little soft Tommy. Li- ah. that I call him <laughs> I call him Tommy Boy.
5: <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <'Cause> oh. <laughs> that like I just that that sits as an eight like a fifteen year old or whatever. Um, like uh, like swaddle under a few layers of of blankets, in a bed, reading Mm -hmm. with a flashlight, and I just had to leave him behind. Like, I can't be that person anymore. And he
2: doesn't come out ever.
0: He comes out in the writing for sure, but not in my personality, because I can't show that person. Mm. You know what? I really relate to that, Tommy. I also kind of left a version of
4: myself in chicago i was super insecure i was like all sorts of things that i am not right now and i also went by francisco um and i go by Fran now and that's that was just a name that like through my entire Mm. childhood i despised because Mm. it was my dad's name and i didn't like being like number two i didn't like being like just the afterthought to whatever my dad was no matter how much i loved my dad it's like Mm -hmm. just as tommy said like I don't come second to like mm-hmm. anything, you know. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I really relate to that. I, I, I have, I myself have just been. I, to answer your question, Joe, like I've been, you know, escaping my whole life, um, and mm-hmm. I, I mean that in like the literary and like metaphorical the and metaphorical sense and like actual sense. Like I. I've been in New York three years and it is the longest I've been in any place wow. for almost a decade. Um, it, and I, last year I traveled 103 days out of the year because I just like to travel and I like to escape like the every day of my life. Granted that was like a really exhausting thing to do and I hopefully won't <laughs> do it ever again. But like I'm con- I'm also just like the kind of person that um, it's really easy for me to leave stuff. I don't mm. have a detrimental- Snats to that. That's, that's <laughs> how,
0: that's what we're similar. Yeah. Hi, this is Tommy. Yeah. That's how Fran and I are similar. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I could get up and leave at any time. I feel like I've had to hold home inside of me. Right. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm not Frit, like- Do you a... feel
2: like you're running away from something or is it just that motion isn't a problem and actually energizes
4: it's you? A, it's 100% about motion and change of pace. I, well, not, no, not
5: 100%, but like
4: <laughs> it's about motion and change of pace. Like that's something that I'm constantly craving. I'm really hoping that I can get over for it, so I can just like fucking settle down and like yeah. stay in one place. But I'm not like super fucking cold. Like I'm an amicable person and I have relationships, but I don't have detrimental attachments to mm. things that will be like, I can't leave this state. That will mm. never happen to me. That's me. Commitment? When I, no. commitment sucks. Yeah. I can't commit to I shit. love I can commit, commitment. I can't, I can't <laughs> commit to things, but more importantly, I can't commit to things geographically. Like let's mm. say mm-hmm. down the road I get married. Who the fuck would marry me? But like, let's <laughs> say down the road I get married. We're going to have to science fiction, after all. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: but the point is, like, my husband will either have to travel with me or be okay with
2: me being gone.
4: That's like, going to
0: be... You're going to find somebody who wants to run alongside you and not, like, hold yeah. you back or... Or it's also
2: equally as independent and is, yeah. is fine being yeah. in his own orbit and, like, meeting you back wherever wherever you're... you're I
4: mean, right. Which is...
3: That's the that's the dream. Well, and that's, like, such a beautiful thing, too, because that's, like, not a codependent relationship. That's, right. like, a real partnership, which I think is the essence of something that's really healthy. I'm rolling my eyes, but so hard right now. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. Okay, <laughs> whatever, Joe. Um this is I feel like I am sort of a mix between all of you in certain ways because Um, I definitely, like, I definitely had to escape. Like, when I was at my prep school, like, it wasn't as violent as, like, there wasn't as much potential for violence as there was with Tommy, but it was a really interesting, problematic, like, dangerous place for me to be psychologically and emotionally. I went to an all-boys prep school in Hunting Valley, Ohio. It was a very wealthy prep school, very conservative, and the things that these boys said to me at times were really um, crazy, and... When I was there, I was miserable. When I was a freshman at that school, what would they say to you? I'm curious. I mean they would just like there was one boy that this was after I came had come out because I came out when I was 15 when I was a sophomore at the school and one boy said to me just in a conversation almost like a political conversation in this very matter of fact way well I think that being homosexual is really problematic and all gay people should be quarantined because they are a stain on society same
4: absolutely same like, put them these away are <laughs> like the thing, yeah like put them all we away would like, have I'm sorry so much fun. what is this? <laughs> the quarantine would be
3: lit y'all oh, <laughs> oh, be we so actually were but it would just be a circuit party, as long as, as, Nails, as they were poppers. Yes. We'd Cushet all be great. everywhere. Yes, are you, are our new favorite thing:
0: poppers. It would um, t- definitely turn into like what was that one zombie movie? Like ninety ninety days later, <laughs> 28, 28, later, 28 days later, yeah. 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 Uh, the rage virus
3: would overtake all of us. Like, we would just kill each other. Absolutely, it was. So I remember though when I was at that school, I like I held on to college like. Like a life raft. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, that is my first taste of freedom. That is how I get myself out of here. And like, I was always going to go to college. My parents went to college. Like, college was ingrained in me since uh, for as long as I can remember. But for that extra added reason, that was my first, I, th- I thought that was my first escape, but really, figure skating and classical music, those were my mm. first escapes from the, my reality and my context. I have a
0: particular question for you, Dennis,
3: because as the person on the panel who was literally son
0: of a preacher, babe, <laughs> that mm. occupied a, cer- that had a, a certain amount of social capital in your community, but right? But also visibility. But th- here's the thing. Like, so my father is a tribal chairman. Mm-hmm. Again, a very res- well-respected person in the community. My family was super prominent. You know what I mean? Like my yeah. mom was a really big part of the community as well. She did church shit. She was like on the forest service. She like worked at the thrift store and the RV park, which are the mm. only two, uh, uh, uh uh like institutions on the reservation besides like methamphetamine (laughs) (laughs) Um, and i felt a little bit insulated from homophobia that i think i would have otherwise come across because my parents were so prominent in the community Mm -hmm. so i didn't get that homophobia from people on my reservations or my cousin or anything like that it was people from school outside yeah people Mm -hmm. at school that's where it came from but do you feel like your the social prominence of your parents insulated
3: you from homophobia at all No, probably because their social prominence came in the world of the Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. Now, it was the American Baptist Church, which is a little more liberal, but it was also Cleveland, Ohio. So that's like very complicated. And in fact, my family's visibility, and there was visibility. My father was um, the minister that was, he was, like, the Protestant equivalent of a bishop, basically, and so he was actually over some 40 churches in the Cleveland area that were Baptist, and he had a prominent, like, national role. And so, like, when he died and we, like, had his funeral, there were some 300 people that were bust in from other cities mm-hmm. and other churches to attend. So, like, he was, like, a like he was kind of like a big deal in the sort of in that religious community, but because of the sort of overall guiding doctrine, even though the American Baptist churches themselves have like like they sort of let it be decided regionally what they think about homosexuality. I didn't feel like I was protected from homophobia as a mentality or as an attitude. I did, however, feel like because of a certain amount of privilege that I had, because of a certain amount of educational privilege I had, um, because of a certain kind of economic privilege that mm-hmm. I had, I felt sort of insulated from. Um, like, physical violence. I didn't really hmm. feel like there was much of a chance of me dealing with a lot of um physical danger or physical attack. And, like, I wow. was pretty slight as a teenager. I was very slender. I was a figure skater. So, like, I, <laughs> I felt like I could be very vulnerable, but I just felt like I was insulated because of those things. But the other thing I'll say really interestingly is that, like, my my private school that was a really difficult place for me to be for many reasons. After I came out of the closet there, um, and the four years that I was there, during that time, you had Lawrence v. Texas, you had gay marriage passed in Massachusetts, and so attitudes Mm -hmm. changed dramatically in those four years. And during that time, like once I came out, boys who were my harassers and who were sort of my attackers and who were the reasons why I cried, like, in the bathroom stalls my freshman year, like, many of them at different points were like, hey, if anyone messes with you, like, Aww. let me know. I'll kick their it's ass. So I had a boyfriend oh, who wow. dumped me and they egged his house. Oh, my <laughs> God! <laughs> like, Amazing. It was so... It Living was, like, a dream. complete turnaround. Oh, that's a, a real lifetime movie. That really yeah. is. That really is. Yeah.
4: I mean, yeah, part of what you're saying, Dennis, is, like, it's almost, like, the easy thesis to this conversation, mm-hmm. uh, which is, like, that... You know, our tendencies to escape um, the things that brought us up is like a consequence of of growing up in an environment where we never felt we like really belong. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. like becoming less and less true. Um, I don't know. I, think. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I definitely I personally believe so. I mean like kids are gay as fuck right now. Kids are like, gay as fuck. Kids are gay as fuck and their but, parents are but like But the
0: administration ain't.
4: And, and geography
0: still matters.
4: I Geography does matter 100% and the administration matters but I, I will say. The just, internet helps. Visibility helps. I mean th- there was mm-hmm. a a study that came out. Tumblr that is gay as fuck. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, the porn
4: oh, alone. Instagram,
3: Instagram.
4: I mean, there was a study that came out. I think it was like last year or two years ago. We can put it in the newsletter, but it was about how like kids are gay as fuck and like i think it was kids like 13 to 18 like mm-hmm. 60% of them identified as not strictly straight right, right, like right, right, right. they yep. like there was like dudes would like make out with dudes like in a certain situation and it was something they were willing to identify with kids are like getting gay as fuck and they feel safer in the mm-hmm. in right. in these environments and also their parents are getting hopefully their parents are getting more liberal because those, in a few years those parents are going to be us having right. these kids and we're going to be they're going to be brought up in more open environments. But like, I think about yeah. like my friend who is, he's, I can't remember if he's 18 or 17, but like his mom, like looked at him when he was three and he was like, that kid's gay. 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 <laughs> he's like, yeah. He never had to yeah. come out because he, his mom just knew. And then it was the thing that was known on his upbringing yeah
2: i will say that uh, you know i i actually was um bullied harassed and beaten up i wasn't even out as gay i was just effeminate and nerdy and weird and like that was enough in my like small town was to like yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and it still is that's exactly right it is still enough to like put you physically Mm -hmm. i never felt though even though i (sighs) i would get beat up and stuff i didn't feel like it was gonna end my like i wasn't afraid Necessarily, but I still knew that I was always getting out of there. Right. Like it was, the, yeah. the limitations on that geographic space that I grew up in, I just wasn't the life that I wanted and that I knew. Like I knew I was going to go to college, like you said, Dennis. I knew I like wanted to study and I wanted a job. Like being, I didn't even know. Like poor people don't know what good jobs are. I was like a doctor or a lawyer. Like you don't fucking know. But I will say that for me, for me, I really feel like. Uh, leaving the space where I'm from, I gave something up. Mm. I feel mm. like, in a way, I exist in translation, both here in New York and when I go home. How like, so? Because there, there is no one. There, not no one. There are very few people who have existed in both of those spaces, and so for me to kind of like, it always is a big. Uh, it's a, a lot of labor to explain to people where I'm from and and like what that means to me. And then it's when I go home. Like, I, w- I was sitting at, like, I always go to a local bar. And it, I would say a dive bar, but it's not a dive bar because back home all bars are dive bars. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was sitting at a bar back home and I was just getting, a, you know, one beer. I was away from my family. It was Christmas Day, actually. It was and, an apple teeny. Um,
0: That's how <laughs> it <is. laughs> um,
2: and, and the bartender was just like, you know, she was super lovely talking to me all the time. She was like, oh, so where are you from? I was like, oh, I'm from here. She's like, no, but where do you live? I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I could just, you know, I, even there I'm I'm not. I'm not there, wow. and I'm also not here, right? So it's like I feel like I'm constantly translating myself uh, into into things, into constructs that other people will understand.
0: Have you seen Small Town Gay Bar?
2: Yes, I love that movie. Can mm-hmm. you tell us about it? <laughs> <laughs> because it's a yeah. little
0: bit like it's a little bit like what happens yeah. when you
2: don't leave, right? Right. No, mm-hmm. I think that that's the thing, and so I think not everyone wants to leave, and I, there are people in my life, and I don't want to out them, but there are people very, very dear to me um, who came out very late in life because they didn't want to or weren't capable of leaving. Mm -hmm. And there aren't safe spaces. back home for folks like that so small town gay bar is a documentary film the whole thing is on youtube it's incredible um, about it's in the south and i can't remember which state it might be mississippi but there's a a a gay bar like literally people come from hundred miles hundreds of miles around just to be around queer folk to be in a quote-unquote safe space to like hook up Mm -hmm. like it's a part of it like just meeting Mm -hmm. other gay people to have sex um so kind of the conflict of the film is like you know, people are fucking in a in a in in an abandoned bus and then other people are like, this is a bar. It's not for fucking, you know, and there's kind of it. So there's all this comfort. It's just the space that it, it needs to exist just because nothing
3: else like it does. I could not like I could not do that. And this is where I relate back to what Tommy said, where when I think about my escape leaving, I always knew I wanted to leave Cleveland. If I if I had not left Cleveland, I do not think I would be alive today. Mm-hmm. I, Dennis, I, I can honestly say that. You're thinking oh.
2: about going back
3: yes i am talk me through that well okay that's a different thing because now i am a grown-ass man i'm 31 years old i have a different sense of myself and my place in the world and how Mm -hmm. i can carry myself through the world than i would have when i was 18 or 19 years old um Mm -hmm. when i would have felt so much more vulnerable like i feel like a grown-up and so i actually when i was home over the holidays um i was like talking to a couple because i have some close friends some of whom are queer. are still in Cleveland and I can't imagine that because they've never left but I at least feel like I've had this time in New York I had time in Philadelphia I went to graduate school not in Cleveland and if I were to go back for a certain amount of time I have all of those experiences and you <clears> already inside have some my vault. Archival
2: dick waiting for you
3: there. <laughs> and, <laughs> ooh, I, I have plenty of archival dick <laughs> waiting for me there. In, the, was, in, the, basement the, in the basement Pardon of the basement of That archival dick is actually not in Cleveland. That archival oh. dick is elsewhere. <laughs> i um, say in I, other parts of Cleveland. <laughs> I, I in I, in Chicago uh,
0: in your stomping ground fran Mm -hmm. um but dennis i agree with you in the sense that like i do feel like going so is going back possible right yeah um i never would have thought that before i entered my 30s just Mm. because like i didn't know i still didn't know who i was what i wanted to do what my voice sounded like how loud i could get and what i could hold people accountable to but i was in Mm -hmm. la recently i read at the standard in downtown la and i'm from outside of san diego my family surprised me Mm. and i love this story and I, i uh I went into the lobby, and there was my brother and my mom and my dad, and they had never seen me read before. They kind of nebulously know what it is that I do, but i i was so nervous at first but then within like a couple of seconds of talking to each other we like we were so totally cool and they like respected me and they loved what it is that i do and like and 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 my you know i read and like i killed it like i usually do because that's what i'm made of and like (laughs) um and and afterwards my brother was like oh my god my brother is a performance artist <laughs> and my mom was like oh my god that was so good and my dad was like well I have a couple notes <laughs> leave it to the fathers uh, but, that ex- uh, th- but that experience that was so reinforcing to me in the sense that I was like oh I I, I always thought that I, I couldn't go back home because I because I'm from an Indian reservation where the impulse is to sublimate yourself into the group the wow. group is more important than the individual if anybody has a feeling everybody has that feeling mm. I knew I had to leave it in order to develop a sense of self, a sense of individuality, mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. what you need in order to do what we do, in order to write, in order to have a distinctive voice, mm-hmm. in order to have something that nobody's ever heard quite the same way before. Mm-hmm. You need to actually be a person. That mm-hmm. means, like, not always being around your family and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not yes. just be
4: a person, but you have to actualize this escape that you fantasized for yourself? I mean, that's, that's a question that I wanted to turn to you. So like, as, as we all gathered, like we we're all people who aspired to a certain version of the escape. And for some of us, you know, that was New York city. It was actually never New York city. For me, it was just, I just knew I needed to be not where I was, and then it mm-hmm. ended up becoming New York City. But I feel like there are a lot of queers out there, especially queers in the Midwest, that like look to New York City as this kind of glittering emerald city, right. of the like, promised queerdom. land. Right? Yeah. Exactly. It's like fucking gay mecca, you know. Like, uh, it, and I, what I want to ask you, I want what I want to ask you guys is, um, the hard lesson that we we all learn is like the difference between the fantasy of our escape and then the reality of what it is mm. once we get there mm-hmm. what were like the hardest lessons that you guys Girl. learned because there are like a jillion of them but like mm-hmm. i'm you know i'm thinking about like some of the ones that i learned when you know i first moved there what what do you guys think
3: god i think i have never as as a, as a gay man i have probably never felt as disposable Hmm, um, that is so true. As I do in the context of New York City. And you can feel that way in many contexts as a renter, as an employee, um, as a friend, like, sort of socially. Like, there are particular social cues and, like, ticks, and language that we use as New Yorkers that you know. It's like when you say certain things, when you run into someone, you're like, oh, we should get together. Yes, we totally should. Great. Bye. So good to see you. Like, that sort of thing. So good to see you. And there, it's just like, like, when I'm in Cleveland, mm. if I... And if there's any vague intention to make any kind of plan whatsoever with anyone, whether it's, like, the Joe that I just met bagging my fucking groceries at Giant Eagle, or if it's some dude at a bar, or, like, whatever. It happens. Like, it happens. Yeah. They follow up. Like, like it makes me feel like a bitch. Because I'm like, wait, what? You thought that yeah. was real? Mm. Um, but I've been here for four years. But yeah, like disposable and because disposable. Both
0: it's like a this like city of constant change and, and mm-hmm. everything is moving and, mm-hmm. and uh, nobody has time for anything. And it's it is such a swipe right swipe left culture when it comes to like dating, fucking, et cetera.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm going to agree and disagree.
0: I'm going to I'm going to kind too. of try to bifurcate a little bit
2: because for me, I really I've stayed in New York against job opportunities. Like I'm also a stayer. I think I'm probably the <laughs> only one. In the room. Like, I, I stay in relationships. I stay in places. Uh, New York is the queer dream to me. I have queer family here. And mm, I have yeah. I'm I've committed to that. I'm staring across um, the table you know. at them right now. And so, I was Aww. gonna
0: say we better be some
2: of
3: them, Joe. No, absolutely. <laughs> and
2: but like I I I don't. So I don't feel disposable at all to those people. Like we're we're legitimately talking about having right. children together. or talking yeah. about buying houses together. Yeah. Like those are people with whom I would build. I am building a life. But I do think so. My experience in dating is not so much. Yeah, like dating everywhere, I think is a little bit disposable. But my experience in New York that's been frustrating is that I. I also am a stayer in relationships and everyone in new york Mm. is so fucking ambitious Mm. and so you know into what they want to do in the world that even if they love you they might put other things in front of that so i definitely like all of my ex-boyfriends um many of us broke up because not because we didn't love one another or we weren't compatible but because at some point like what their decision was about the career, you know, was something different than what their decision was about the relationship.
3: I like see, and this is where Joe and I are very different because um, that's like a very difficult thing for you. I love that. Like that, Love like, what? I, the I, ambition. I love that ambition and that understanding of self and being able to put oneself first. And I sort of, I feel, when I think about, and maybe I've talked about this on the show before, I don't remember, but when I think about like me coming out of the closet in the context within which I did it, I think about the fact that the, the number one reason why I did it was because I realized that if staying closeted and faking being able to love a woman and sleep with a woman... um didn't matter like if I died and Jesus was like actually bitch you could have just been a fag the whole time (laughs) it would have been fine I was like no one Tommy fell out (laughs) I was like no one in my life would have told me that they had given me the wrong advice and so I need to listen to myself Mm. first and I figured that out at 15 and that brought me out of the closet and so for me when I think about that like I love the fact that there's a place that in many ways runs on that kind of as I think you're
2: confusing individuality with like also the ability to give to other people i'm definitely extrapolating yeah one one can make one's decisions about one one's own heart and soul and spirit but still be like a giving partner yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's true i think
4: one of the things that i'm picking up on is that like the or maybe this is truer for me and tommy than it is for you too. (laughs) but i i feel like moving into your escape or trying to actualize escape is like is an action of like starting to put on a suit of armor like I, mm-hmm. I really do feel like when you're dealing with the idea of being disposable yeah which is not a, a term that I 100% agree with but when you when you deal with that what you're trying to do is slowly actualize yourself and love yourself enough for the rest of everyone yeah. else because mm-hmm. a lot like New York is the boyfriend that never loves you back mm-hmm. New York cheats on you slaps takes- you New York will take a hot (laughs) shit...
2: On your chest. I mean, that literally. And then, literally. The, and then <laughs> that the next literally. the pigeons in Washington Square Park will take a hot fucking shit yeah. on your chest. And then the and next morning,
4: have. and then the next morning they'll be like, Do you want to go to get bagel?
5: <laughs> and I'll be like,
2: Yes, take me back. <laughs> um,
5: but not and just- it'll say, and
4: you're welcome. <laughs> and it- for yeah. all of them. Right. And an important note is like not just New York, like you're San Francisco, you're Los Angeles, yeah. or like moving outside of your mm-hmm. city, or moving right. into like just a new job within your town. Yeah. Like those are all different actualizations of the fantasies that queer people have. Have for themselves um that that is something that like to be queer in my experience is to really really learn how to be full of
0: yourself yeah well i have that feeling like i'm full but i could fit one more thing inside of me she always can fran will you tell us what our dessert is for this week yeah this week dessert
4: is <laughs> watching sex in the city in the year 2017 <laughs> because it's fucking bonkers y'all bonkers. like I, I for those of you who did not watch sex in the city at the time it was coming out. Sex in the city is a bizarre time capsule. So the disclaimer is Joe and I have been watching the season at the, the, the show as adults.
2: I mean, in- and I watched it. I actually watched it at that time as well. Right,
4: right. And I did not, I'm very new to the show. Um, and Dennis and Tommy are just you know getting little morsels from us here
0: and because there because at that I yeah. watched the real Sex in the City and it was called Living Single. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I was gonna <laughs> say, whoa, 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 whoa.
3: can we I talk mean, about the fact that Girlfriends was far better <laughs> than Sex in the City? I mean, well, yeah, unarguably, un- yes, also
1: agreed. And but the, Golden Girls, totally different well, show. But, but. Sex
3: in the City, Sex in the City
4: is yes. just like I think the this bizarre time capsule um, that was way ahead of its time and at the same time. So reductive and, like, so... Of its time. Oh, so... But very much so of its time. For how much... Men hated women because, like men, for the most part, wrote that show, and like mm. the the characters the female characters in that show, aside
2: from Samantha, my
4: favorite character, mm. were constantly <laughs> talking about how much they hated themselves, but A at the same time so back.
2: i was I was at the gay protest just the other day because we've had eighteen million of them because everything is awful um and I was talking to I was actually talking to Sadia Tor, kind of famous uh, feminist scholar, mm. and we were talking about this exactly, and oh, we were wow. talking about how awful it is because I mean it's super white and there's like a couple really transphobic episodes yeah. like it's you know mm-hmm. racist things and biphobic like super, things right? and so it's... there's like a lot of awful things that happen in it but at the at the same time in the same way that the golden girls did it was this model of like friendship and it was almost queer mm-hmm. it was like they were the most important people in each that other's lives lied. and yeah. men were secondary men came in and out and they were each other's family and and i think it's in the last season spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the end oh i mean God. by now i can't spoil Alerted it because it's so long ago but like <laughs> one of the last things that big says to carrie is that like you, the love of your life is your friends and i know i'll i just want to come second and it's i mean yeah. that's so that's the way in which the show is incredible and was yeah. ahead of its time it's Be- it's that's queer in a way right because queer people yes, we we create
4: absolutely. and
2: form our own families
4: because right. we don't have that right and when Chosen we family. and we often because we're in relationships with, relationships with men and at the same time, we're friends with men. We have to like create these little boundaries right. and say, this is my well, family and this some is Some of my... us
2: do. Some of us sleep with our right. friends. In, well,
4: I mean, that's another thing. Like sometimes we sleep with people uh, to find out if we want to be friends do, or not. I did also want to say Sorry.
2: that because because we're talking about Escape in New York City in particular, that, that show, I also watched that show for the first time in college in Minnesota. And so mm-hmm. for a lot of us who weren't in New York and who wanted to do creative work or be writers or be lawyers or be something, that show introduced us to a version of New York that we had like not really seen before in media, you know, it was this New York, there were people were in their thirties and doing, doing amazing, creative, different things and dating, but not being married. So there was, it it, it was that aspect Mm
4: -hmm. of it. I mean, like
0: on TV, right. I mean
4: that, or like weird, like fast forwarding through every scene in sex in the city. So we can like see a butt and like masturbate to it. But like, also true, you know,
2: (laughs) (laughs) tell me, what did you have to say?
0: Well, I was going to say that what you were talking about before in this uh, sense of your friends coming first and, and the men in your life come in a Being distant trash. second or whatever. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the language of living single, it was Khadija don't need you. Right? <laughs> You're, right. You're absolutely yes. right. I, I have to yes. say though that um, my uh, birth sign is Khadija. Uh, I think <laughs> my, my moon is in Sinclair, and uh, I am a Maxine Shaw attorney at law rising sign.
3: Uh, <laughs> um Oh, my God. Wait. You're a Regine. You're a regime. I thought <laughs> you didn't even say Regine, and I, I am Regine in each category. I'm, I'm just Regine. Regine. Like, <laughs> that that's it. Your
0: moon is in Regine. Your rising is
5: Regine. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Okay. Regine hey, Hunter. At, le-
3: at least I know myself. And, <laughs> and, and in Sex and the City, I was clearly Charlotte. Clearly. I mean, when Whoa. you were a virgin to 27, like, that's... Clearly. That's, that's
4: mm, I thing. really disagree with that diagnosis because I was going to say, you know, I myself... I self identify as a Samantha, and most people in my friend no, groups wrong. listen to me. Most people who know me would say, You're fucking Samantha. Like, you're cold as balls. Like, you don't care about relationships. Like, you but say you this, also don't have the conversation.
2: Sex, <gasps> oh! <laughs> like, that, uh, um, you're missing a critical
5: element. Have evidence. you <laughs> been <laughs> paying
3: attention to his texts in 2017? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um,
4: Joseph,
2: you're, blo- you're blowing my
4: face. He's punch no out.
3: longer a sexual camel. <laughs> oh.
2: You're becoming Samantha.
4: So no, what I'm saying is that like I've been in coming.
2: Samantha. <laughs> I think that's. Yeah. Right. But we just have to. We just have to let Fran read some Samantha <laughs> we're, quotes. We're like no. three bottles no in. By the way, this dessert.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: I just it's wanted so to say bad. in in a lot of my friend groups, and I myself always tend to think of myself as Samantha because I'm confident, I'm a cold hard bitch, I don't enjoy relationships for the most part. But when I'm with you thoughts, I'm fucking Charlotte. Yeah. It's so <laughs> embarrassing. Because oh, all y'all are so thoughty. And like sometimes I'll be like, I'll be like with my friends and all my friends will be like, whoa, he just said that. Like that is like the most, that is the most lambast, like hearted thing. And then I'll be with you guys. And I'll be with you. <laughs> oh my God, I have to go to confessional right now. <laughs>
0: like I am so offended by the things like, that these people are saying. And me. then I just slit that fool's throat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too far.
0: <laughs> you, no, far. no, that's not.
3: That's really not. That's that's like, not no. I'm not
0: a Samantha or a Carrie or a Charlotte. I'm you in
3: are. jail. <laughs> that's it. That is the
5: That's, that's the show. That's really <laughs> it. there we are. And there we are. On that
0: note, I think it's time that we get out of here. Thank you so much for being with us throughout the entire episode. Food for <laughs> Thought is made possible by the generous unequivocal support of Rosé. Our engineer is Alex Mead Fox at Spaceman Sound Studios in the heart of Industrial Greenpoint, New York and our producer is the always effervescent Alexandra De Palma. I'm Tommy Pico. You can find me at Hey HeyTeebs, H-E-Y-T-E-E-B-S on all relevant social
2: media. Tee's. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com And I'm Fran Tirado. You can find me at Fran
4: Squish
3: go on any <laughs> social media that. You want juicy. me baby? I am Dennis Norris the 2nd and you can find me on Twitter at the earl denden t h e e a r l d e n d e n we'll get more into about my name later. And my website is (laughs) www.dennisnorrisii.com
0: Thank you. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help catapult us toward fame and fortune and inevitably Betty Ford. Find us on Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, Facebook, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Sign up for our newsletter for episode insights, reading lists, and extra delectable content. And Tommy's Mm. podcast. I mean,
4: playlist.
0: At (laughs) foodforthoughtpodcast.com And finally... Email us with your questions, thoughts, concerns, and we might just answer them in a future segment called Jiao. Penny for your thoughts (laughs) at thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled T H O T. -T. Thanks for listening. See you in a couple weeks.
4: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.